This is episode 13 of the Latter-day Saint Geeks podcast. I'm Spencer, and in this episode, TJ and I discuss our favorite Second Doctor adventures. Welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Saint Geeks podcast. Um, I'm Spencer, and I'm joined again with TJ for our first installment of The Second Doctor. Hey everyone, I'm back to talk about Doctor Who again, as if that's shocking. No, no, no one who point. knows us should be so shocked at all. Um, um, we are currently working our way through the third Doctor and Joe, but we won't spend any time, much time on that because that's not this episode. Um, we'll start with the recommendations. Where we are. And Spencer, what is your recommendation for this time? So it's been a like interesting mental health month for me we'll say and so i've defaulted to my childhood favorite digimon um i i could watch almost any of the digimon series and get a little bit of a nostalgia dopamine kick but uh, especially the first couple seasons it just the nostalgia has been good for my mental health and um, <clears throat> I know your kids were more into Pokemon, but... Uh... My son loved Digimon when he was younger. Really? He really did. Um, okay. I, I don't... I didn't watch it. It was He's usually watching it when I was at work, I think. Yeah. Was about four. Three or four, he, he really liked Digimon. Yeah, I knew he liked Pokemon, but I did not know he... He did. Yep. He but I guess if he was well. four, then that was probably before I knew you. Because mm. I think he was eight when I met you. No, he was five when you met me. Uh, can, yeah, they're getting so, anyway. Anyways, that's all. Yeah. My kids are getting old. Yep, that's all there is to it. Yep. No, but he 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 liked Digimon, and well, I didn't know you liked Digimon when he did. Like, I I don't think we had that conversation. So now, regardless, right, we of talked not, about Doctor Who, not about what your kids watched. Exactly, because I was sick about talking about what my kids watched because <laughs> there was a lot of other things in there mixed in with the Digimon. Anyway, moving on. Your recommendation is. My recommendation is Australian Survivor. For those of the uh, uninitiated, yes, the TV show Survivor, there is an Australian version. It is hosted by Jonathan, I can never pronounce his last name, Lob something or other. Um, Lob, yeah, that's going to bug me so badly now. Um, I'll get it. I'll get it. Anyway, um, Lopaglia. Uh, he's an Australian actor. He was in a few things. His brother is famous for being on Frasier as well as he was the main character on Without a Trace. But Jonathan, I think, is his slightly younger brother or younger brother. Um, Jonathan hosts this show, this The Australian Survivor. He does a good job. He gives his own feel to it. It's got its own twists and turns. Um, this, he depending on which canon you go with, which is odd because it's Survivor, but there was an initial Survivor back in like early 2000s and then for Australia and then it didn't work out. They did another one and it didn't work out. So the third time, you know, this is its, I think, 10th or 11th season of its current installment with this uh, host and this format. Um it's a little slower than American Survivor. There's 24 instead of 20 or 18 people. Um, 
uh, so it's a longer show and but it was it's really it's really enjoyable um i've enjoyed it a lot it's fun to hear you know, different accents uh so it, it's just my thing i've always been a good a, been a survivor fan and i've added in australian survivor and going to continue watching it it's back on next week cuz it's and they air 3 a week which is kind of a weird thing sunday oh, tuesday and they have but they have 24 people and they air it i think for like seven weeks oh wow so it's really i i really enjoy it though um it's different it's like the same thing but different enough that it has its own feel so more of the same but different enough a lot of these reality shows i mean like big brother which started in the uk and then came over to the us but it's got the U.S. format is vastly different than the U.K. or Australian format, from what I hear. And I just can. I, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to think of reality TV without thinking of the Ninth Doctor. Okay, moving on. We that was enough. Here, of my that, that was my poor survival. segue into Doctor Who. Yes, that was so. bringing us back on topic somewhat. <laughs> the Ninth Doctor. Now we got to go backwards even further in time to the Second Doctor. Although with one of the stories, you won't go that far back in time. So just a reminder for everyone, Spencer and I each choose five stories and pretty good about having things line up. So we yeah, each have we, we, three we that... We tend to get along with our appearance, uh, with our interests and stuff, so... We, we have, have three that match and then two uh, that... Four that match. match. Four that match. Yeah, the, my final no. choices ended up being four that matched and then we both had one that... Uh... One that didn't match. So we'll go through six episodes this time, or six stories, not yep. episodes. So, and unlike last time when we did the first Doctor stories, and we took an hour to do it because we kept talking and talking because it's Doctor Who and we Doctor Who. We're pretty vain like that. Yeah, we, we, we like to talk about Doctor Who, so we could go for a while. Um, I'm going to set a timer for myself, and uh, we're going to try to be as succinct as possible, <laughs> which would be a challenge for us. Yes, it will. You ready? Yes. This is like a race now. Now I'm like, yeah, right. right. So I'm gonna give myself three minutes to talk about the Highlanders. Um, that was on. It was one of the. It was the one that's just on my list. And honestly, there are two big reasons that I enjoyed it. Three, if you if you count the fact that it was Jamie's first episode and our first story, and he was the long term companion of the Doctor, uh, the second Doctor. And like the first of the doctors, like best friends, so to speak. Um, I know although we kind of mentioned that Stephen and the first doctor kind of have that dynamic as well, but but Jamie, it's a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. On a lot longer too. Yep. Um but we'll talk more about Jamie in our next episode when we talk about the companions. Yeah. Um, but uh the But what is it about aspect, the Highlanders you like? Go ahead. Yep. Well, it's just the, the historical aspect of it, and I, I wrote about this in the blog, but it's just like that when Doctor Who was created, it was meant to be like a historical, like educational show. And I think I mentioned this when we talked about the Romans as well, that, you know, these, the historical episodes, at least in the, of the modern era, I have a lot of them, I was like, man, it's, 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 it's all right. Um, but the Highlanders and the Romans, um, intrigued me to the point that uh, with the historical aspect that I was intrigued to know more about that era. So have I done any research on uh, 
that time period since? Nope, because I've got too many other things on my to-do list, but it's still like intrigued me and piqued my curiosity, so I'll take it. So what else is about that besides it, besides it being Jamie's first episode? I mean, you got to remember for those who don't might not know perfectly, it's it's a missing episode, a lost episode, oh, that's and true, it's also Frodo. and it's Penn, Ben and Polly are still with the second Doctor, and this is only their second story with the second Doctor. Yeah. So and but the other thing I like about this one is just that like it, it, the whimsy of the Doctor that we know today kind of started to come out. There was even a couple lines of the second doctor saying things like, Ooh, I would like a hat like that. And if anyone of the, any fans of the modern era could think of Matt Smith and the half a dozen different kinds of hats that he wore, I think that fits right in line with the character of the second doctor. So I, I guess that's the biggest thing is it showed the doctor's whimsy and I enjoyed that. Yeah, okay. I, I love that he and loves they, the hats. And there's my timer. That's your timer. <laughs> okay. Well, then that means we have to move away from the Highlanders, which Unless I just mind the Highlanders. It's not my. It's not my favorite. Um. It, it to me, the my 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 downside is that Jamie was an accidental companion. Like I didn't like, and I like the companions having like a good introduction and. Jamie is a main character in that story, and then they're like, "Hey, we like you. We're going to keep you around." Like it, he could have walked in the TARDIS, or he could have not walked in the TARDIS. That was that was kind of how it felt at the very end there. Um, and Still better than Dodo. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about the worst exit, worst entrance. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, I that was that was just the one downfall. Is I was hoping for a little bit more from Jamie's first episode. And but, you know uh, the story doesn't exist in its entirety right now, so maybe nope. someday. And if if it if it ever does, I would I would I'd listen to it again. Um, but I'd want to watch it if that ever was a possibility out there. Agreed. Uh, my the next story is from mine, and so this is the one that is mine and not. And uh, for anyone missing, we're anyone that didn't listen to our first Doctor episode at. Our first Doctor Stories episode. We're going in release order. Yes, we're not ranking keep it within them. the we're Doctor's. Just... Yeah, this is the Doctor's timeline. The Doctor's timeline. Um, and so I mean that. So that just so happened that Spencer's was early of the second Doctor. Mine is kind of middle sec or yeah, middle of the second Doctor of the following season. Um, season five, story four, the Enemy of the World, which uh. Taking place I, in the I, distant future of of the distant future of 2018, you know, that distant six years ago. <laughs> when it was released, it was 50 years in the future. So I mean that is kind of a cool thing about it. Um I, I, I kind of thought that was a funny aspect because there's a lot of of new age travel in that they can go from Australia to Europe in an hour. I think it was Australia to Austria in one hour. It felt like, and I'm thinking that's a really impressive uh, flight you got going on there. I mean, I, I just mean the booked, doctor could do I it, but uh, plane tickets to Utah, and it still takes me. It'll still take us a couple hours to fly from Texas to Utah. So I I just flew to and from Atlanta last week, and so I was. Uh, it was three hours and something on the way there, and almost four hours on the way back. So, I mean, I got to watch we the movie. Still got some work to do. 
But <laughs> to get to uh, Australia in an hour, well, I mean, Europe in an hour, that would be even, even from the U.S. to Europe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so 2018 in this like almost cyberpunk dystopian setting, like it's got a lot of future technology, like I said. Um, the uh, the the travel was a big deal, but also on the flip side, it's like a destroyed society that's being taken over by a man named Salamander, who is portrayed by Patrick Troughton, who is also known as the Second Doctor. So the he first, plays the good guy and the bad guy. One of the first Doctor Dingers. Yeah, well, in, so the second, well, second Doctor, second Doctor Ginger, because the first Doctor had one too. Yep. Uh, the Abbot. Audio. Um, Massacre of Saint Mass of Saint Bartholomew's, or whichever one, whichever one, no, no, the other one. No, um, that's right, because I did yeah. a whole blog post on the Doctor Gangers, so I, yeah. I remember that. So there, he does have one. Anyway, moving on. So seeing Patrick Troughton, who is this like. Spencer, like you were saying, he's this very whimsy doctor, and now he's playing this flat-out evil. Such a good um, job playing evil. And he did a really good job playing evil. Um, and, you know, it, it, there's a downside with the type of... with who his race is in it, but kind of ne neither here nor there uh, in the fact that it just he's playing the guy who looks just like him, and... Um, he he really did a good job of playing evil and then having them switch places a couple times um was kind of a cool thing i thought there was also some good jamie protects the doctor some early uh in a in a much later episode river song refers to the doctor as the damsel and so it's always nice when the it's always funny when seeing the companion protecting the doctor um and also i uh, one of my other favorite things on it i did not start my timer dang it um, i started your timer I, and i started it um, late you got 50 seconds left. <laughs> Sweet. So my final piece about this episode that or the story that I love is uh, Salamander. It's a spoiler, you know, from an episode that's really super 50 old. 50 years ago, you know, it's fine. 50, 50 years ago plus, uh, well, 56 years ago plus it uh, has been in existence or recaptured or found or whatever from the depths of wherever it was hiding. The depths um, of the time it, vortex. It was a lost episode until 2013. So you've had 11 years to watch it and about 20 years to listen to it. And if you're you old have enough, to know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to get Doctor Who spoilers from classic that Doctor Who at this point. So, so at the very end of the story, Salamander uh, sneaks into the TARDIS, tries to take pretend he's the Doctor. Doctor makes it in there in time, of course. And they take off and the doors are open and Salamander falls out into the vortex of time or whatever it is and I, I i don't know why but to me that was one of the coolest cooler villain deaths um, i mean yeah i don't know that it's happened ever happened before or since i mean i guess i mean they captain are very jack died about the in the time vortex but then captain jack came back captain jack was a different death though captain jack um, is captain jack yeah moving on so uh but that, that is, leads directly that is... into the next story that we have though it really does. That is the. And I'm going to give us five minutes to talk about this one because it's one of on both of our lists. Both our lists. So we've got the Web of Fear, which is immediately following the Enemy of the World. Like when when the previous Within story, time ends, vortex is still. Or our Salamander has just fallen into the time vortex. 
Yep. And then the TARDIS comes out in modern day, uh, well, in space, I believe, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I know that they end up on Earth in, in at the time modern day, which would be mm -hmm. 1968. But I think at first um, they land in space, and that's they when do. they start to notice things are wrong, but I don't remember all the details. Go ahead. Let's. Why don't you talk about what you like about it, though? So it's the time. first appearance of, well, he wasn't the brigadier at the time, but uh, we got the first appearance of the would-be brigadier who was a major player throughout the rest of classic Doctor Who, and his legacy with Kate Stewart has gone through modern Doctor Who as well. So it's a unit before it was unit, I think. And yeah, he's not unit at that time. It's a, but uh, I mean, obviously the character was loved enough that they gave him a recurring um, main cast role for years afterwards, and then recurring after that. I mean that that is the interesting thing is like from the, for the second Doctor, um, he, he's only got a couple uh, stories with the Brigadier. He's only got he's only got two more, one more story. I mean, um, after this one. Three if you and, count the five doctors. Because he's the I companion don't. in the five doctors for the yeah, second doctor. <laughs> I'm not counting it. Um wibbly wobbly. No. Um I, I I have a hard time counting those in, in, in a certain aspect. I do count them. I just count I only count them from the doc that doctor's perspective. I know. Um, but that's me. Um so yeah, I mean, he only really got those stories with the doctor, and so just such a great introduction, I think, though, because if you don't, if you didn't know, they do a really good job at. There's a mystery element in Web of Fear that I like, and you don't know who the villain is until the end. And if you've watched Doctor Who and you know who Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart is, then you know that he's not the villain. But mm -hmm. you didn't know, and you start at the very beginning. You have no idea, and it's kind of a cool aspect of it. Um, you know, it makes it harder from the mystery. I love a good mystery, and everybody. I mean, I write mystery. That's what my novel is. Um, By the way, TJ has published his first novel, so I know. Going to shamelessly that plug that for him because he's needs the prompting to plug it for himself. But yes, I have written a novel. That is not my recommendation. Spencer needs to read it so it can be his recommendation. I can recommend my novel all I want. Done. But... Well, not done. I will. He's not done. I haven't um, it yet. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> nah. That, that's because he's coming to Utah, and I'll just you know sign one to him that way. It's easier yes. for him to buy it from me. Um, okay. the... so I like the mystery aspect, but it's but it's lost a little bit because I know it's not Lester mm -hmm. Stewart. Like, I know it's not the Brigadier who's the bad guy. And so it made it easier to figure out who it was. But it was really still a cool thing to see him to see his introduction to um to see but it's not just the brigadier as being the only recurring personality that you're seeing in the web of fear though is it no we got another appearance of the yeti after the abominable snowman um which wasn't on our list but that's okay um but we also got the reappearance of the great intelligence who if you're a fan of the modern Doctor Who era, just like the Brigadier, you knew who he was going in. The Great Intelligence 
you saw throughout the 11th Doctor era, especially his time with Clara. Um, with Clara, that, that the snowman and the bells of St. John and the name of the doctor. Uh, name of the doctor. Those are the three with the great intelligence. Just uh, there are a lot of, honestly, with those great intelligence episodes, there were some callbacks to this story. Um, yep. So if you if you enjoyed those, like going back to here, I mean, the 11th Doctor had uh, mentioned the London Underground being a key piece of conquering Earth, and that's where this episode take this story takes place. <laughs> yep. I also love the the if I remember correctly of the since it's a six episode story, this first episode I want to say ends somehow with the Doctor by himself in the middle of the underground, and it's supposed to be about to be exploded or something. And I'm just like, why did he just? He tells everyone else not to walk off, but he, of course, can go walk off. That's the doctor for you. And it's just always funny how quickly, like, hey, we, we got to somewhere new. Don't walk off. Everybody starts walking off. And it's just Naturally. like a classic moment of it. Okay, moving on to the mind robber that, uh, um, it's a little bit of a different one. It's a little fairy tale fiction world. Um, hinting towards other universes, which uh, I'm curious how that would all fit into the fourth Doctor and E space and everything. But uh, we're not talking about the fourth Doctor yet. That will be an adventure. Oof. Yes, that's gonna be like eight episodes instead of four. We we'll talk about the fourth yet. Doctor later. We have plenty. There's plenty to talk about the fourth Doctor and plenty of time to talk about him. Yes, but with um, the mind robbery. Because of the way that Netflix was back in like 2014, the Mind Robber was the only second Doctor. Well, can't say only, but it was the only second Doctor era story that was on Netflix at the time. So it was the first second Doctor story that I had ever seen. Yeah, they just decided like pick and choose which uh, which stories were contracted to Netflix yeah. or something. It was really weird because it only had like one episode, one story from the first Doctor, one from the second, and I can't remember. I want to say that the next story it was like two or three of like everyone else. There or like there were like two from the third Doctor, and then I I didn't watch much. It was weird. Time. I think it left Netflix, but yeah. But the Mind Robber was the first second Doctor story I I watched. And it made me, I really liked Jamie and Zoe. So now we've, in the previous two stories that we talked about with um, Enemy of the World and Web of Fear, they were Victoria as the uh, third the third part of the hardest party. Uh, with Mind Robber, we now have Zoe, which I believe this is her third story with them. Well, second story traveling with them, but third story right. overall. So... Um, I really liked her character in this one. Zoe gets in a fight with a, uh, I don't remember what monster. Was it, it Muscle is. Man? Muscle Man. She takes him down. I'm just like, this no damsel in distress like, here. 16 year old girl. The damsel that's in distress is the doctor again. <laughs> I thought I was just saying the Muscle Man was the damsel in distress. Yeah, the Muscle Man was the damsel in distress. It reminds me of that scene from uh, Scooby Doo when, the Scooby Doo movie when uh, Daphne takes out the wrestler. Like, who's the damsel in distress right now? And punches him down through the ceiling. 
I was thinking of Meg from Hercules. My damsel, I'm in distress. I can handle this. Yep. That that same I think Zoe could handle her own just fine. Um, and Zoe to me is like the first companion who could really handle her own. Um, Physically and we can go back intellectually. to we can go, we can go back to that later, but and this story really showcases that on both levels, I think. Well, it's really interesting is that we also have this like comical recasting of Jamie for like one episode. Because and I looked this up, he yeah, his too. nephew had chicken pox, I think, or so he's. I like, thought he had it. Um, contra know, I guess he contracted it from his nephew. Yes, is what I read. He contracted chicken pox. So they just cleverly recasted him, just like for they, one episode. Yeah, which only in the land of fiction would that have worked. Um, exactly. Like this is the story where they could get away with it. Yeah, and it's just like how in the um. The toy maker that they subtly took the first doctor out of the equation while he was on vacation. He went on vacation. I know it was the same idea. Um, and it was just, just working into the story. Such a funny random way. I mean, like Jamie gets put into pieces, and the doctor tries to put his face back together, and, it and he did ends it up with a he did it wrong, and he got this other dude. And wait, are you Jamie? And like he, yes, I'm Jamie. Did not sound like Jamie at all, but and didn't I look like Jamie. But was right. <laughs> I can honestly not remember. I want to say he sounded Scottish enough, but it was funny. It was weird, but it worked. I think it worked still. It, mm. it was Doctor Who, so they can almost make anything work. I think, but I will um, say, being fans of the modern series first, when there were mentions of the intelligence and the master i yep. had to stop and think wait when did the master first appear wait am i forgetting about a great intelligence episode um yep. but no it was a you know I, I can't call it a red herring because those concepts weren't really there was no such thing as the master yet the master yeah we have only had we only have had the the, the monk monk thank you i'm like it's not the friar the monk. We only had the monk as another member of the Gallifreyan race. Um, but so no, it was so it, it threw me off. It really but cool. it was, so it's even better in a way that like, wait, the master is not the renegade time lord. It's nope. like this entity inside the land of fiction. I mean, it could be a future version of the master that he just didn't know, but I don't think it would work. I don't. I don't even think that works very really well. There. <laughs> I like your timeless yeah. child theory about the master better than that one. Oh yeah, I I I maintain that the timeless child is the master, not the doctor. But that's me. We'll get to that um, eventually. Yeah, unfortunately, long I mean, long ways away. No, I we'll have, we got we got time. We got um, time. But yeah, you got that like weird. It's not even a red herring because they weren't trying. Although with the intelligence, there was. We've already had the intelligence. We just talked about the intelligence in our the previous story that we're talking about. So it was kind of a funny, weird use of a term that has already been used and one that was about to get used a lot more. Yep, yep. Um, but it was just a, this, I don't know, it's such a unique concept for Doctor Who. Even, even it's as many unique concepts as Doctor Who had at that point, it was still unique even still, mm -hmm. e even further still. And, and, and now today, it still has a unique place. Like, it's... 
because they're in another they're in a whole other universe which people don't recognize as being in the universe of doctor who i, I did quotes if you didn't hear me do the air quotes you, on that. you didn't hear his air quotes you didn't hear my air quotes i don't know what's wrong um i'll have to turn on the mic louder but with uh with that other in universe like the whole concept of the timeless child as well as the celestial tony maker they come from other universes and so that is what um this story does point out that it already exists so you know anybody arguing against that it's already in the it's already in the lore there but you do have a cool question that looked like you wanted to ask at one point yeah i mean we're already up on our five minutes to discuss the mind oh, whatever we'll, but uh we'll finish with that what would you like to be in your world of fiction I, I think you'd have like some kind of Sherlock Holmes or mystery detective, but. I would probably, I would have Hercule Poirot from Agatha Christie. Okay. I was like, I don't know who that Agatha is. Christie. <laughs> uh, Murder, on, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, A Haunting in Venice. Those are three recent movies that star Kenneth Branagh um, as Hercule Poirot. Um, so it was for Halloween that year with the mustache and the, the hat. But I also want a Janet from The Good Place. My world of fiction has to have a Janet in it. See, my brain somehow heard Janice from Friends. Nope. That is what my kids, <laughs> my kids mix up those two names all the time because we watched Janet The Good Place Janet. last year and we've been watching Friends for a while and they keep like mixing up Janice and Janet. And I'm like, no, I want a Janet in my world because then I can ask anything I need to ask and then I can be handed everything I want. What would you have in your world of fiction? Um, knowing the kind of stuff I watch is some mix of superheroes and... Um, I mean, there's um, a TARDIS in both of them. Well, it. yeah, but I think that's too easy of an answer for the two of right. us. Yeah. But, you know, superheroes and some kind of other sci-fi like Star Wars. So, I mean, my world of fiction, that's just the start. I mean, my by all means, I would have yeah. to have the enterprise and well the cards enterprise and then um uh you know plenty of batman going on with that as well. yeah you'd have plenty of batman um but now we can go on to our next story yeah speaking of uh, going back to talking about the great intelligence and the brigadier mm -hmm. we have the invasion which i bring up the great intelligence again because I kept thinking, okay, we've got the Brigadier again, and I don't think there's another great intelligence story here, but I kept thinking with how the story was progressing that the great intelligence is going to pop up again. But it wasn't the great intelligence. I'm I'm going to be a really bad Doctor Who fan for a second here. This is a Cyberman story, right? Yes. Okay. But the whole... Like, I, 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 I didn't want to mix it. I, I kept mixing it up with one of the no, other stories and, and that, that was I the don't thing like. Was that I uh, kept... I kept. I knew that the the web of fear was the last great intelligence story, but I kept having this idea going through my head of just how, with how the story was playing out, and maybe it's just because the brigadier was in both. That I, I would have liked feeling, it better if it was the great intelligence. I mean, I still liked it well enough to keep it up there, but but it just I, it I, threw I, me for a loop that like I'm expecting the great intelligence. I think I even well, I, I mean, I've seen it before, so I knew that it was Cyberman somewhere in the recesses mm -hmm. of my brain, but. It still it threw me for a loop because had I been watching this as a new viewer, I really would have been thinking the great intelligence. 
and well and honestly it could have been either one nowhere yeah it easily could have been either one given the way that the story is written and also given what the great intelligence was um in connection to the yeti in previous stories we kind of mentioned that he kind of controls them in the web of fear it wouldn't have been a far-fetched idea that the great intelligence is somehow controlling the cybermen mm-hmm. so that'll be a topic I would, be, be addressed when we do our villains episode yeah, and, but again, Cybermen and the Great Intelligence. I I mean, it wasn't necessary, and that by no means, uh, my the one of my big downsides of the invasion though is once again, idiots think they can control Cybermen. It's a constant Doctor Who flaw of, I mean, of humanity. I mean, this was a. I bring this up just because of that comment and the fact that this was the first episode or the first story to officially include Unit. Yeah, the brigadier as the brigadier, um, but I swear with where we are in the third Doctor era right now, that's like a recurring thing. The master keeps thinking he can make deals with these other races, and lo and behold, it blows. I know I can't wait to talk about that in the villains for the third Doctor. That's going to be a while, so we're going to have some fun in the meantime. Yep, we definitely are. Um, But I I, I don't have much for that one, but. I'm I'm good with the invasion. I I I liked it. I think it was good, but I it's it's probably if I were to rank my the, my top five here, it's definitely in the, it's in that fifth spot. And I, if I recall correctly, was this a six episode story or eight? Seven. Yeah. It's a weird seven one. Yeah, too many. And just like in the third Doctor era at the beginning, there was a lot of seven Doctor. Excuse seven me, seven episodes. episode stories, and it was just too much. I really am a much bigger fan of the four episode story arcs. Four is my favorite. I can handle six. Yep. Um, but seven was pushing it, and and despite this still being in the top, and we're gonna get into one that's even longer in a moment. Oh here. yes. This, I'm sorry, I was wrong. This is this was an eight. I was right. It was eight. Okay. It was eight. I was thinking seven for some weird reason, but it was long. It felt very long. It's too. because but of I, the first part of the seventh, uh, the third Doctor. Yeah, so, so many much. sevens. So uh, we can go on to. But speaking of long, long stories, I know which I is funny not, that it's still I did not think this one would be on my list because the first time I watched it was on a grave shift, and I had complete mind like brain fog throughout it all, um, which actually plays into the first episode of the War Games. So, because the War Games I... was so many episodes. It was, it was 10 actually, episodes. But it was, I was actually really impressed watching through it this time that I, I only end up, I was folding laundry during this, so I didn't make notes about every episode. That was a lot of laundry. Well, over the course of <laughs> a couple different, couple weeks or whatever, you know. I'm just um, it, it does feel like that much laundry, though, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like each episode when, had. When you're like folding laundry, yeah. Each episode has like, had like its own distinctive plot and like, which I was surprised because it seems like a lot of these classic Doctor Who stories, it's like a six-episode plot instead of each episode being its own plot. Yep. I mean, with with this one, I and I know I'm going to have it wrong here, but episodes nine and ten, the last two of the story, feel like they could have been their own. Mm-hmm. They were almost their own story, especially that tenth episode, really stands out on its own. Um, and, and that's when we finally eight. got the 
first real mention of Time Lords as Time Lords and Gallifrey yep. as Gallifrey. There's a lot in this episode because you do have your second, the first time that the second, the only time that the second Doctor, during the second Doctor's era, runs into another Time Lord. Mm -hmm. You have the the war. Oh my gosh, there's two with the war, and one is the Gallifreyan, and one is not. He's there's the like the war chief, and then there's a time he's the war lord chief, that... not the war lord. There's a war lord, but the war lord is alien, not uh, alien to both Gallifrey and Earth. Like he's not from either country, but the war or country, other worlds. <laughs> the war lord is not Gallifreyan. He's not human, but the war chief is Gallifreyan. So, um, just to clarify, um, yeah. that we have the War Chief, yep. and then we have a Time Lord who, in the expanded universe pseudo canon, um, has been called Adelphi. Um, I don't, th if I recall correctly, he was never named on screen. So, the canon of that name, neither here nor there, but. Um, that is the Time Lord that's like teaming up with the War Chief, if I recall. Um, no, he was the one that sentenced the. Shoot, no, Adelphi was the one who sentenced the Doctor to exile, and then there was another unnamed Time Lord, that was in league with the War Chief. Right. This is why it's so confusing. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about not. Let's not talk about the confusing parts. <laughs> So um something I, else kind of cool about this episode that I've forgotten is not in our notes, but David Troughton, who is Patrick Troughton's son, he was in the episode or in the story. I can't remember who he is in the story, but he is one of the um he made he was he's he was in Enemy of the World as well. Um and appear he appeared a few few times in Doctor Who, but it's kind of cool. Wait, that is that the was, same uh, child that was in? Um, no, Peter I don't. All these Christmas episodes. No, because I think that's Michael Troughton, not David Troughton. Uh huh. We're moving on. Moving on. Yeah, moving was, on. So in the War Games itself, again, you got this like long story, but it was hard. It was like a long book that you didn't want to put down. Like for me. I was dreading the war games for two reasons. Yeah. One, I love Patrick Troughton. And two, I really didn't want to go through 10 episodes. And I had a couple opportunities over time. One point, Hulu had Doctor Who, and I could have sat and watched it then. Um, and it it was on there, unlike Netflix, and it's very limited. Hulu was less limited than what it had. Yeah. And I really was like, eh, I don't feel like watching it. I just didn't really want to watch a long one. And it, as much as I don't like where it ends... I really like the way that the story um, it progressed so well. It did. It was impressive. I mean, there's like there's a slowness in yeah. I mean, it's ten episodes, three episodes, but that slowness still holds a contained mm -hmm. story that you get that well, I has mean, its. You start. You're not looking at ten. You look at that, you start with the mind fog that to me was like reminiscent of Once Upon a Time, but. Like, people mm -hmm. did, couldn't even process, like, oh, the war has been going on for how long? Oh, I don't know. And just slowly people started, like, realizing, like, something's not right here. Something's not right here. Well, and they were from the wrong era and everything. Yeah, like, they, they started, like, finding from... people from other eras, and then they found another TARDIS, and it just mm -hmm. all over the place from there. 
Um, yeah, it was really everywhere. But it was oh. a really good everywhere. Um, and also, somewhere along the lines, the Sonic screwdriver drove screws for the probably the first and last time. Probably. Well, yeah. I, I think the third Doctor did something with it. But... <laughs> And but a screw. It, I don't but did he? But did his screwdriver drive screws? No, I, that's what I was thinking. I thought I remember something being twirled in and out. But again, it's I might just only remembering the one from the war games. So, but again, it was really just using a <laughs> screwdriver. It was using a screwdriver as a screwdriver without actually touching the screw. Like that's all it was. And yeah. but it's like, and it's turned into this. I'm going to aim it at something and blow something up. Like, you know. The the war doctor says you you build cabinets with it. You don't do all these other things with it. Well, at the same time, if it's been progressing in its software over years, then why not? You know. Yeah, of course, yeah. the doc the doctor just doesn't want to un uh, unloose the screws. Apparently, he just does other things. So, just point and think. Point and think, and that's got it. Um. But there's other aspects about the war games that makes it kind of a cool story. How about the tragic ending with the companions and the doctor? Uh, that I hate that ending. Just because it's it, it's it's a um it's a sad ending because but it's they lose ways, their memories, but they go back to where they were. It's kind of like until the 60th anniversary, it would have been like with Donna, where it's this tragic ending, but that's so beautifully written. Because mm -hmm. um, Jamie and Zoe, which we'll delve into in our next Doctor Who episode, have no idea that they ever traveled with the Doctor. They remember their first encounter with the Doctor, nothing else. And that's it. So the Doctor's best friends don't even remember he existed after that point, basically. Like, they, yeah, they know they have no history with him. So many adventures and that they well, can't and not just remember. that, not just that, but like Jamie. So Jamie and Zoe, they lose their memories of their time with the doctor. The doctor loses his memories as well. Like he doesn't lose everything, but he does lose some of his memory. Not uh, of in his the, companions. Well, not I'm not saying it was, but he does lose his memory of certain things. And well, I mean, he can't fly the TARDIS in the third Doctor era. That's all. Yeah, it does feel like he doesn't have much of a memory, and that could just be a regeneration time thing where they he's regenerating into the third Doctor still, and it takes its time. But I kind of got got the impression impression that there are other things he's forgotten that he can't remember exactly. There is also the theory that that you know in the between his exile. His trial. Between two and three. Yeah, between two and three, there's this theory that um, you know the uh, the two doctors from the sixth doctor era and the five doctors from the fifth doctor's era kind of take place in this time period, like right before he's forced to regenerate. The the time mm -hmm. lords have sent him on a mission or two in yep. that time period. Before sending Jamie and Zoe back, before banishing him to Earth. Well, they they ban it for the fifth Doctor, for the fifth, for the five Doctors. It would have been that they had already been banished because there in the five Doctors, Joe, the uh, Jamie and Zoe only appear as like hallucinations. They're hallucinations. Zone. Yep. But in the yep. but in, in the, the sixth, second Doctor, yeah, the two Doctors, the second Doctor, in the two Doctors. 
it could have been any time for him and Jamie though, because there are a couple points where he and Jamie are like uh Polly Ben and Polly leave and then they go find Victoria and then Victoria leaves and they go get I Zoe. guess that's so there, true. There's a, there's a gap there for both of those. But there's work. still the theory that it takes place in this, you know, time between in the this unknown time. Yeah. There's also the theory that the fugitive doctor from the 13th Doctor era um yep. could be from this she goes in well, between which her would, TARDIS uh, works. Yeah. And her TARDIS is stuck as a police box. Yeah. Um, which would uh, critics of the timeless child that kind of fits well for them that yep, you know, this isn't a doctor from before the first doctor, this is a doctor from in between with the same TARDIS with the and that's why she's the fugitive and, because yeah. they forced her to change forced them to change into her and then they eventually force her to change into the third doctor. I mean that would work storyline i mean it's doctor who they can do whatever the crap they want i mean the the toy maker did say to the 14th doctor that he like made a mess of the the jigsaw puzzle of his history or have Mm -hmm. rephrased it so it's you know we were led to believe the fugitive doctor came before it all but be after it all who knows yeah we or in the middle of you know wibbly wobbly and all that yep i i i honestly i just I watch Doctor Who and enjoy it. I'm not going to tell them how to t- how to tell their story. Like it's yeah. somebody else's. I don't tell an author how to write their book. You know, unless they kill off characters I like, then I get mad. But that's yeah. Different. And the doc and Doctor Who kills off enough characters that I like anyway. So I mean, I'm used to it with them. It. So uh, not a big deal there. But it's it. But for being a ten episode story, it didn't feel like a ten episode story. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Which it's the second longest story, and I think it's remains that way. It is the second long, longest story, at least from a um, individual story standpoint, as well as at least in classic Doctor Who. If you're going to count minutes from it, I don't know mm-hmm. if it. The only is. things that might compare is if you counted the Key to Time or Trial of the Time Lord as one story each, but. Both of those could be divided up into individual stories of which they are four to six episodes. So I mean, they, they already are overarching um, plot. Yeah. So from classic Doctor Who, from a storyline or from a minutes standpoint, I don't think that anything beats. Uh, only one beats this one in time. Um, and that was the is, Daleks Master Plan, I believe. Yep, the Daleks Master Plan with the in the third season of the first Doctor. Um, and in modern Doctor Who, you can kind of say that Flux beats it. And that's the only one that I know of that would potentially beat it because that was a single six-episode story, but it was each story was its own episode. This was... And again, you can even point out to this one saying this is an eight-episode story and a two-episode story put as one. So Yeah. Kind of hard to... I'm even just thinking about the, the Flux, even that, you're right, it, it could be six individual stories it's yep six one part six. stories or is it one six part story yeah wibbly wobbly it is very timey wimey there but i i do i mean from I the like this Doctor... one kept my attention more than the dog's master plan but maybe that's just because this one still exists well and i think it also kept my attention better than flux i'm gonna be honest with that um but also i was watching flux one episode at a time so, yeah, it'll be a I while till we get back know. to the flux. So who knows? 
but I do, I do think that, you know, the, the even with the sadness going in, knowing that the doctor's going to, going to get separated, forced into regeneration, um, knowing that is going to happen. I mean, I've seen the scene a few times before, just in random other things. And then knowing that Jamie and Zoe are going to leave their memory. Um, it's still it's so well written that it is it's hard to ignore that it is a really good episode or mm -hmm. a really good story um and and again the nice thing about it is that while they wrap up a lot of different pieces to it they wrap it up beautifully by bringing back full circle with one of these the one the main villain in a way in the storyline is galfrayan is somebody with a tardis and that just that aspect of it, I think, adds so much to the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's really, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get a yeah, more another time in lord next... in a little bit, but but we'll. Uh, we got three more it's, second it's, Doctor episodes before we do that. Yeah, we'll get there. But I, I, I think that it's for me, it's a good thing to have this one as a because uh, we didn't have the tenth planet. I don't think with um with the first doctor and so i i like that we have the final episode of the second doctor because i think firsts and finals are really important with doctor who especially mm -hmm. nowadays mm -hmm. and i think this was a really good final episode for the second doctor I, and again he comes back in three more classic doctor who stories so but that's it i think any further thoughts on the second Doctor stories or the war games? I do think it was a little difficult to pare it down to five for me um, from the second Doctor stories, but I feel yeah, like I had I a like... lot of like middle range ones. Mm -hmm. So, and and I think that there are some that people really like that I really don't like. Tomb of the Cybermen. That's not my favorite. I, I thought was, that was a it stupid was story. Positively okay. I can't even say that much about it. I and it's ranked really high in like IMDb ratings. Maybe because um, for a long time that's all that was available. It may be. I don't so I think, know. I think that was one of the ones that was on Netflix when Netflix only had like bits and pieces. That's that is true. Um, it wasn't like I said. It wasn't when I tried watching. Like that was not on there. I can't I remember. remember. That was ten years ago. But I do. I do remember that it was on there at some point. I just didn't watch it. Um, cause I remember having the opportunity to have watched it at some point, but a lot of people like the, that one. And I just, I gotta say, it's not, to me, it's not that good. The, the war games is the one that is ranked higher above it. Um, and power of the Daleks, which is the first doctor story, which our first second doctor story, which is also, um, missing, but now it's animated. It's ranked pretty high again, not one that I particularly care for. I don't, I don't always care for the repeated villains. So much, whereas, I mean, other than great intelligence, but even that was like a two-off villain at this point. At this point, that was not a. He was a more. Really common it was villain. more of a recurring, recurring villain for the eleventh Doctor. Oh yeah, much more so. I mean, he was only in two stories here. Um, Highlanders is is a history that that's yours more than mine by all means. I did not rank Highlanders very high though myself. Um, the enemy of the world that's a different villain web of fear is a different villain in a way it's also brigadier being brought in um mine robber is 
I still don't even know who the villain in Mind Robber is. <laughs> I love the story though. Um, and the invasion, it's 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 a Cyberman story that I was okay with because I didn't know it was a Cyberman story until it became. I think it's a Cyberman because it was story. the mystery of it all. It really was. I think that's the nice thing about it is I was thinking it's a completely different force that was at, at work there. Um, and I don't even think that with the invasion, it w- was even pointed out that it was Cyberman until like it was halfway through. So, yeah, or more. Um, I'm and war that. games again. So, it just I like the difference. Um, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good. I think the second doctor has a lot of good stories, and it's really sad that most of them are lost to time as a as an actual episode to watch. I know that they are making a lot into animation animated versions and that they are um, still a lot in the time. They are at so. least on audible or audio in some fa- f- fashion with uh, yeah. with linking narration, most of which is performed by Jamie, but there is some that's by Polly and I don't I don't think there's anything I think they're all by Jamie um, or Jamie's actor. Um uh Fraser Hines, geez, the wise name slipped my mind there. Um, most of the ones that I remember listening to were by him. Um, and there's just a lot that's sadly missing to time. But again, if you listen to it, it's a little bit better to at least have something. You know, the TV canon, the true canon. But that's another story. That's another story. But I think we're good. I think I'm done here with the second doctor because I can talk about the second doctor way too long. All right, sign us off then. Oh, I get to sign us off. That's right. You get. Well, yeah, I, I don't have a catchphrase yet, so until I have a catchphrase, I'm going to leave it up to you. My catchphrase is like so random, but since it is Doctor Who, who is an alien, it is perfect. Goes with Doctor Who. Alien abductions are involuntary, but probings are scheduled. Thanks for listening to the Latter Day Saint Geeks podcast. Intro and outro music was provided by David Schradel. You can follow us on most social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. You can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.